It's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than to open it and leave no doubt. You know, I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. What a beautiful woman. Wow. He's, AJ's doing Whoa. some things right down So if you're a youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with Pop. Welcome to the podcast. We had an awesome interview with Colby Powell about an hour and 12 minutes into the episode. So if you're looking for that, you can scroll to then. And this is that. If not, here's the rest of the episode. Okay, let's go. We'd like to welcome you in to nice three-man rush podcast. It's another edition. We're back at it again, and it is week five. We're giving you a nice preview of all the football. We're going to preview some other things that aren't just football-related. We're going to get some fumbling fruit baskets. We're going to give you some bets. We've got it all on this podcast, and we're little pieces of shit, you know, and we're ready to talk to you, give you all the football college football specifically um, that you can actually just put in your brain, use it as knowledge. Um, we're going to give you all this good stuff. So uh, we're going to get into it before we get into the actual football content. We're going to give out some, some fumbler gift basket for the week. Um, Tom, Tom's been itching and he, and he has a good one here. So I'd love to love to hear what he has to say for his fumbler gift basket. Um, to start, we are some little, just little shitty, shitty boys, some little gremlin boys. But um, so to start it off, I have a one for two or two for two, one fumble, one fruit basket coming at you. And I'll start off with the gift basket, start off a little light. And that was Sister Jean. Sister Jean, we all know Sister Jean, March Madness legend for Loyola, Chicago. She threw the first pitch out of the Cubs game tonight. She is 103 years old. It's impressive. That's impressive. We were saying earlier, you know, the queen could never. This is a anti-queen podcast. Um, don't like the UK. Sorry. Um, but coming with that, I also have a fumble. Uh, this one's a little more personal. Uh, this one affected me greatly. Uh, and I'll just start it off. OU lost this weekend uh, to K-State. It just happens like every other year. It doesn't make sense. It's pissing me off. Um, I hope the city of Manhattan gets flattened by some destructive force a nuclear bomb um, i wasn't gonna say that but yeah <laughs> um yeah it's just not fun and i like i said little little shitty gremlin boy i thought it would be great a, and a great idea to bet on usc this week plus five, or minus five and a half they did not they did not beat oregon state by five and a half and that lost me around a hundred dollars um, I thought that was a lock. Apparently not. Oregon State's, are they the best OSU this year? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But, um, yeah, that and then a parlay uh, that also missed because Oregon did not win by minus seven uh, due to a last-second touchdown by Oregon State – or by Washington State, sorry. Uh, really, really tragic for the Beard household, but we'll recover. We'll be greater than ever next week. 
Uh, first of all, Tom, sounds like uh, the state of Oregon really just hates you. I, yeah, apparently Oregon State and Oregon just really boning me. It's really pissing me off. Yeah. Well, tell us to, to all of our betters, bet responsibly. But, hey, here's the number one rule of betting. Um, it's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how many times you can get back up, right? Tom would do that same bet again. It was a smart bet. I, I, and I saw the U.S. was taking like 70% for Oregon State. And I was like, oh, this is, this is what Vegas wants me to do. And I fell for it. And Vegas got me. Well, um, I also have a fumble and a gift basket. So um, I'll start out with my gift basket. Um, Yon Gobes just gave the Cubs the lead, otherwise known as Yanni Goats. Yanni Goats. Double. Cubs lead two to one. Um, that's about it. I couldn't think of one on the spot, so I just made that one up. But for my fumble, um, Team Ligma Sack, which is my uh, fantasy football team, quite possibly might be the worst team ever assembled. <laughs> we are so bad. They so, aptly named. Out... They're aptly uh, named. Well, yeah. Well, look, they got Ligma. This is one of my other leads. I have I have two leads. The lead, I'm, it's a different lead that you're in, Jake. But um, yeah, Ligma Sack is that team's horrible. Um, started out zero and three. Have yet to break 100 points in a game. Oh, boy. We're bad. We're bad. Drew, that's, that's actually kind of funny because my team's name is LaMelo Ballsack. So, uh, it looks like we're kind of cousins there with both the last name Sacks on, the, on our teams uh, with the fantasy football there. Big fan of the Sacks. Yeah. Yeah, well, Team Ligma Sack needs, needs to step it up or else I'm going to have to take the ACT. Is that the punishment or or yeah. or a possible another ass tap for drew garrett no i get to choose which one i do and i choose the act having a tat on both cheeks isn't too bad though at that point yeah, you just... would have a little you could get two jayhawks well i draft this team with high hopes but my god they're bad you can just say pick your poison at that point well because alvin Kamara apparently forgot to play football little shithead russell wilson is not riding he's sucking Jamar Chase is all right. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Russell Wilson's little commercial today, uh, his little promo video. I mean, that guy has got to be the cringiest, cringiest superstar athlete of all time. I mean, do, you remember, a, do you remember the video of him and his wife when he re-signed with Seattle? Oh, God. I, In bed. I, I remember the one where he goes, he was doing the TikTok, and he was like, here's the things I care about. And it was like faith, family, football, and flying. It was the most cringy TikTok I've ever seen. What what was what did he say about him resigning? I don't remember that one. He just was like laying. He was like Seattle. It just like would pause for a minute. It was like I'm here to stay. Like <laughs> with him and his uh, wife, clearly butt naked, nasty or not, in bed. It was. He's just a weird guy. I think the only thing keeping him afloat in the public eye is his wife. I mean, Sierra is pretty pretty awesome. But yeah. the, also, the, have you ever, what's the one where he was like, Mr. Unlimited? That shit was so, so cheesy. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, though. If he doesn't perform next week, it could be his last week as my starter. Well, it's time to bring in Ben Daddy Kirk Cousins. And he needs to think about that. He's had that <laughs> on his mind out there. You just got to pray to God Kirk Cousins is playing a primetime game and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, as long as I. As long as Kirk's playing at 12 noon on Sunday, you've got a good quarterback. I'm telling you, there's a solid chance I go winless in that league. 
Well, I think if you go winless, you got to do another Aztec. No, I'll do the ace of two. Prayers up to Ligma Balsack. Let's get him another W or two here. No, first W. Yeah. All right. I got a fumble here. My fumble is LeBron James. Absolutely hilarious tweet he sent out. Um, you know how LeBron does? He does a million hashtags on a lot of his tweets, and it'll be like hashtag washed king, hashtag the kid from Akron, hashtag, you know, all that stuff. So this this tweet, he's quote tweeting Nike and about something that Nike tweeted about him. And he he quote he quote tweeted it in his hashtag, he had a typo, and it's hashtag the mid from Akron. The mid <laughs> from Akron. He didn't delete all it. those. He didn't delete it for like 20 minutes, though. It just said the mid from Akron. I just thought that was hilarious. It's going to give all those Jordan fans just so much enjoyment. Yeah. So so LeBron admitting to himself that at this point he's a little bit mid. Um, you know, it's just we all have some good self, self-awareness. I appreciate that, LeBron. Hey, I can tell you he's not he's not mid on my, my 2K my career. He is catching every lob. Like, he is 20 years old. It's awesome. Hey, he still has some springs in those legs. He's still got some some hoop left. Okay. Uh, it's like a you know like you get a you have like an old dog and then you bring in a young dog you get like another dog as a pet and that old dog gets kind of rejuvenated by having a pup. I think that's how yeah. LeBron's gonna be when his son gets to the NBA. He's gonna be like, oh, I'm 25 now again. You know? <laughs> no, that's just that's just him and Austin Reeves together. Up and coming <laughs> superstar Austin Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good that's point. Him. We do have to realize Austin Reeves is on the Lakers. That's that's just one thing, you know. Hey, Lakers are inevitable. I, I think Austin Reeves is chomping at the bits for LeBron to leave so he can finally lead that team to to actual glory. If they retire Austin Reeves number, I'll get a boob job. <laughs> hey, you ready for your for this statement? Go ahead. Guess who's gonna win the finals MVP in twenty twenty five for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Victor Wabanyana, Russell Westbrook. Oh my god, <laughs> he's back. He's leading the bench better than ever, having an astounding finals performance to beat the Miami Heat. We're getting revenge in 2025, 13 years later. I think it's like 14 or 15 years later. No, was it we 2000... lost the 2012 season. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a lockout year. Feels like a long time ago, man. Yeah, we still had James Harden. Yeah. Uh, so my gift basket uh, here, which most people would expect it to be a fumble, but it's actually a gift basket is Hurricane Ian. Any uh, storm that is strong enough to have an actual name, I think we deserve it deserves a gift basket. Um, everybody stay safe from Hurricane Ian, obviously. But if I mean, if you get your own name, I think that's pretty impressive. Hurricane Ian also is kind of just it's not a great name for a storm, but Ian to me is just a, it's a classic storm name. So I'm, I'm happy about the name on that one. And so I want to give that a gift basket. Is it bad that I always kind of hope that the next hurricane is going to be my name? Hurricane Tom. Hurricane Tom coming in. You think there's ever been a Hurricane Drew? I'm willing to say there probably has been. If there's been a Hurricane Harvey, I feel like Harvey isn't exactly a regular name. You know what I mean? I bet you Hurricane Drew fucked shit up. Yeah. And we haven't heard of it, so probably not. Oh, here we go. 2010. Hurricane Tomas hit. Um, I don't know. It's not really saying where it hit. I think it hit in South America. But hey, we're we we are out there. There was a Hurricane Jake in 2012. Um, hit hit the Cape Verde Islands. 
Yeah, oh, it was a doozy. Mm. Really, really, really sad times for, for, for that area. There was a Hurricane Andrew in 1992, but not Hurricane Drew. Well, I'm sorry, bud. We're Wait. waiting on, hey, but next hurricane drops could be yours. Is there a hurricane every single year? I feel like, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's always, it's all, they always say it's going to be the worst hurricane this world's ever seen, and it's just mid. A mid hurricane? Well, I mean, good thing it is. Like, I don't want to compare to Katrina. I mean, I hope it doesn't, obviously, but I keep hearing about them. Like, this is about to be the greatest hurricane ever, and they just kind of don't do shit. It's always a good thing, but you know. Like, like the Marcus Dupree of hurricanes. Hey. Oh, uh, hey, that's the best running back in OU history right there, man. Nah. Yeah. Brennan Clay. Okay. <laughs> what, about, wow. what about Roy Finch? Well, Roy Finch was awesome. Uh, I think Damian Williams might be the best. He's the only one that I think won the Super Bowl MVP. He didn't win MVP. They got, they got, no, he got robbed. They gave it to Mahomes. I thought he won MVP. He should have. He should have, but they robbed him and gave it to Mahomes. He had like 169 rushing yards, something like that. Wow. Real no. dumb. I thought he was MVP. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go. Let's get into these games, though. Um, if you guys want to preempt your schedules here, we've got some top 25 matchups. This is my favorite week so far. Week two, I think it was. Week two, which, whichever week um, was real, real hectic with Alabama, Texas. Um, I think that was week two. Baylor, week two. BYU, that, that, that week was insane. Uh, but this is my favorite week so far. I think we've got a lot of teams that uh, have, have – uh, we've kind of started to figure out a little bit um, that are having some, some big games this weekend. Um, the first one on here I have is that's Friday night, and it's uh, Washington-UCLA, and I think it's a nice little Friday night game. It's going to be Pac-12 after dark. It starts at 9.30 on ESPN. Two undefeated teams here. Um, it's a classic battle. Um, Michael Penix, the Penix, versus uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the old man. Penix versus the old man is a classic Viagra-type battle, right? Who will win, Penix or the old man? You know, who's going to get an erection quicker? And I'm, you know, Huskies are hot. I'm riding this roller, and I'm going to ride this roller coaster on the Huskies until somebody makes me get off. So I'm taking the Huskies. What do you guys think? I agree with the Huskies. In fact, I might Huskies might win in pantsing fashion. Oh, we've got a pantsing. Perhaps pantsing. Perhaps because UCLA is horrible. They're three zero. Yeah, but they're They're four zero. They're a bad four zero though. But they actually they won the Super Bowl after beating was it like Southern Miss. South, a- South Alabama. No, uh, UCLA has played Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and Colorado. And Colorado might be the worst of all those four. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell with that grueling schedule. Yeah, well, might be the toughest schedule out there. That's what I'm saying. It's it's actually the worst schedule, and and it's them and Michigan were supposed to play each other and then canceled the game. So both of their schedules are absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's bad. So, so I kind of want to dive into Washington here a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I said it earlier, I'm, I'm riding this roller coaster on the Huskies until the Huskies make me get off. Um, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm taking the Huskies to win the Pac-12. And if the Huskies don't win the Pac-12, that's what it is, what it is. But I'm riding this roller coaster until, until it's done. So I'm on the Huskies. If, if they suck, they suck. It is what it is. But I'm, I'm going with Washington to win the Pac-12 as of now, as of this second. And, uh, yeah, I'm convinced on it. I think we, we as a podcast deserve or at least need to give out an apology to the Pac-12 this year. They are, they're better than, than what we were giving them. <laughs> we, were, we were calling them the worst conference, which they still – you could convince me that they are. But, I mean, they, they've got some teams this year. 
that can actually compete. I think Oregon is better than we thought um, after the Georgia game. I think everyone kind of wrote them off after that. I don't, I don't, I think they could beat some teams. Um, Washington, I think Washington's going to go far. I agree with you. I'm, hey, Jake, you know what I'm riding? What? I'm riding the Phoenix. The big <laughs> Phoenix energy. I'm riding it. The big Phoenix uh, energy. The Phoenix rises. Oh, <laughs> does it? And I, I, we need someone to just fuck up USC, or they're going to have a cakewalk to the playoffs. Like, we, we just need someone to at least compete. I think Washington is that team. We're going to get there. We'll see. Um, a lot of season to go, though. So. So Washington is in the north, and they don't get they don't play uh, USC. Let me make sure they don't play Washington either. I don't think they play Washington either, but I could be wrong. So there's a really really legitimate shot that we see Washington um, and USC, or Washington and Utah. I don't want to leave out Utah because I think Utah has really improved since their loss to Florida. I, I think that was kind of a one off. Um, but yeah, so Washington doesn't play. Um, Utah or USC. So I, that's my main reason for staying on the roller coaster um, with them. So I, I guess other than that, I don't really have anything else I want to talk about those two teams, but I do agree with you, Tom, that the Pac-12 has slightly impressed. There's been some games. I think the Washington State went over – or Wisconsin was impressive. So I do want to give the Pac-12 props, but I don't want to suck them off too much because they still have Colorado in the conference. They still have Arizona State, and these those teams – I mean, there's a couple other ones as well that are just terrible. So in Stanford, holy balls, man. Stanford has gone from up here, you know, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl champions. I mean, they, they were Pac-12, big time Pac-12 team to where they they need to just go ahead and maybe pack it in. And it's week four, week five. They're terrible. Yeah. So I, I do want to get Let's start getting ready for basketball. Or baseball or something, man. Or uh, you know what? Let's just hit the books. Let's just hit the books down there in in in, in Palo Alto. Let's just get ready for our midterms already. I mean, let's just get ready for the finals at, at half. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. And the thing is, is they don't seem to really have a lot of a, a huge fan base. And I get that. I mean, most of the people go there aren't looking to go there for the football. But boy, I mean. Just, just don't sell me that Stanford is a as a big time Power Five, you know, team right now. They're just not. And does Andrew Luck have any more years of eligibility left? He he didn't use all of them in the NFL, so maybe he can come back. You know, hey, bring him back. Yeah, he was one of the more uh, impressive athletes. Tim McCaffrey to to make Stanford that relevant is uh, impressive. So I, I I think we'd be remiss without you know shouting out a couple a couple of absolute greats there at Stanford because they have had some good players. It's just they are not good right now. All right. The next, shit. Yeah, it's it's just this thing where we knew that there was a possibility for them if they got bad at football that there would be a real tough time for them to care anymore, you know? I got the shit scared out of me. A cricket came coming up on me. Drew has the first kill of the podcast. They kill a cricket. Oh, he just murdered it. Oh, it's about to go flush on the toilet now. All right. Grabbing it by its little leg. Oh, it's twitching. I think that's signaling it's time to stop talking about the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, that's kind of like Stanford. That was a, that cricket right there. That was a spider at first. It's kind of dead. Yeah, it's. I hope Stanford gets better at some point. Boy, it's bad right now. Um, because I, I do like Stanford. It's a fun program when they're good. They're tough. You know, they seem to be very smart. Obviously, but. 
well-coached team when they're good, but David Shaw's he's he's out of years, man. They got to get somebody else in there. Can you, can you imagine Stanford having a coach like Lane Kiffin? Be fun. <laughs> It'd just be such a massive like mix of cultures. Yeah, I don't think the administration would get along too well with them. No, they would not. Um, okay, next game on here. That's um, Saturday, eleven o'clock. It's big noon kickoff. It's Michigan and Iowa. In my opinion, this is a game that Michigan is typically would be pretty scary. But since it's happening at 11 a.m. in Kinnick, I don't think it's too scary. I think J.J. McCarthy shows up in a big way to kind of solidify Michigan as a contender in the Big East. Uh, still an interesting game, but dear Lord, Fox, please stop choosing boring Big Ten games for Big Noon kickoff. Please, please, dear God, stop choosing Gus Johnson to call Iowa games. Mixing Gus Johnson with Iowa games is like trying to take a nap on cocaine. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like you're giving me one absolutely electric thing with the most boring downtrodden program in the country. I don't want to see Gus Johnson ever commentate an Iowa game again. Hey, to be fair, arguably Gus Johnson's best call ever was an Iowa game. <laughs> Whenever he just yelled Iowa. Yeah. Iowa. He was a dime by CJ Beathard. Yeah. Oh boy. You're really you're really digging deep there. Find that one. A dime by CJ Beathard. I think we might see a good pantsing. Oh. Um, the cockeyes, as I like to call them. Michigan's gonna dominate. I, I can see I can see a pantsing there. I think this is a game JJ McCarthy really shows out and, and shows how good he can be at quarterback, really plays to his potential. And 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 you guys saw Ohio State whip the shit out of Michigan or Wisconsin last week. Michigan didn't play great against Maryland. They played all right. They got a good win, but they have to kind of prove they're on pace with Ohio State. So I think that's kind of going to be the week this this week they prove that. Yeah. Um, I think Michigan's going to win by final score. Hey, I about called the final score in the uh, game last week, so I'm doing it again. All right. Um, 49 to 10, Michigan. Oh, all right. That is a pantsing if I've that's, ever heard one. That's a solid pants. Yeah. Maybe pee on them just a little bit. I'm going to go 27-12. Four field goals for the Hawkeyes. You think they can move past the 50? I mean, they, I, I, I don't want to give Iowa too much credit here on offense, but they did kind of have a decent showing last week against Rutgers. I think they scored 20. 27, maybe? That's pretty high for them, so. Don't want to give them too much credit. As you say, they better get four field goals. I mean, dude, they scored, they scored, what, three against South Dakota State? Or none of those points were on offense. So they got three against – I don't even remember. It, it's that's not right. been it's not been good. Let's not, you know. 27, though, two straight weeks, man. That's pretty good for them. I'm going to probably take about right, right at half of that, 12 or 13. I'm going to say – it is going to be an absolute pantsing, 63 to three. Wow. Tom, that's a real pantsing right there. That's a 60-point uh, win. Oh, and they are peeing on them after. If we get a 60-point win, Michigan over Iowa, I wouldn't be too crazy, crazy if, I, if Michigan was number one the next week. If they win by 60 points. Hey, if they win by – how far do you drop Michigan in the rankings if they win by 60 points and then they flip off the kids in the hospital afterwards? How far do they plummet? Oh, they move up in my mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that if Michigan, the thing is actually, Drew, that you say that during the so it is what what quarter is it that they do that? Is it into the first quarter? 
Got no clue. Well, last year during uh, I went to the Nebraska Michigan game. Nebraska did some exciting like light show kind of thing, like at the end of the third quarter, like a lot of teams do. And Michigan was like out on the fifty yard line, like dancing, like they were the ones that were getting pumped from it. So it wouldn't be too crazy if Michigan was like, <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty crazy if they flipped them off, but they have been be, known. That, that's not insane, but. but yeah, they've been using they've been using other teams' uh, home tactics, uh, kind of to fire them up. So maybe maybe they do flip off the kids. I hope not. It'd be a bad look for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Oh boy. But I think they just have to. He just has to take his shirt off, and it will blind every single one of the, those children. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Eleven a.m. Taking your shirt off in Iowa is never a place I think I'll find myself. Oh, sounds brutal. No place I'd rather be shirtless than Kinnick Stadium. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's eleven a.m. game though. That'll be exciting. I I, I do think. It's a it's not a prove it game to Michigan because I don't think Iowa was good enough to win that game, but you do give JJ McCarthy an opportunity to play a good defense, and I and I'll give Iowa this they have a good defense. Yeah, they do. Not good enough though. Yeah, Wolverines big. <laughs> give All me right. a head. Kentucky and Ole Miss is another eleven o'clock game. I think this is one of my favorite matchups of the week. Uh, we have not talked about Ole Miss. I think we, I think we've kind of skipped over Ole Miss. They might be the quietest undefeated SEC team of all time. We haven't talked one bit about Ole Miss. They, you know, skull fucked Georgia Tech, but I mean, everybody's doing that. Um, Oxford's gonna be rocking at 11 a.m. I, I hope that I need all those rich white TikTok girls that go to Ole Miss. I need them to be there distracting Will Levis because I, I think this. I'm, I'm tired of, of people acting like Kentucky's so damn good. They're not that good. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to expose Kentucky, and I think they're going to pants them. I'm, I'm predicting my first pantsing of the week here to happen in Oxford. I'm going to go 35 – no, no, 38-13 pantsing. I, I disagree with you, Jake. I think Kentucky is going to come out and just skull fuck Ole Miss. I don't think they're good. I, I Jackson Dart has not – I mean – He's, they've won games, but he doesn't look like convincing like that he's a top like five quarterback in the SEC. Um, but I mean, they got a lot of talent around him, so we'll see. But I, I, I think Kentucky beats Ole Miss probably by about a field goal. I'd say 24-21. So I don't. I, I get what you're saying here, Tom. Uh, I also just don't think Will Levis is that good, man. Yeah, I just think he's better than Jackson Dart. That's fair. I mean, I watched Jackson Dart throw like seven interceptions at USC last year. I have no faith in that guy, even with Lane Kiffin as his head coach. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think was if, I was terrified of whenever he was rumored to come to OU. I kind of didn't want him because he just has a tendency, one of those Bo Nicks tendencies, just to throw the ball to the other team. I, I do. I think that's fair. I do think that if he struggles, he'll probably put in Luke Altmaier. I haven't really trusted Jackson Dart to throw it all over the yard yet. And kind of what's been keeping him as a starter is that he's been able to run. I don't, I don't know because Ole Miss, this is our first tough game. So it, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, Kentucky beat Northern Illinois at home by eight points last week. Kentucky struggled a little bit with Youngstown state, but people won't realize that. Um, so I, I just, I think that they're a little bit of a fraud. Well, speaking of you saying that they're the most quiet, like, undefeated SEC team I agree because I still haven't seen a single snap of Ole Miss football this year yeah uh, and, and typically if there's undefeated Ole Miss at this point in the SEC 
You don't hear yeah, they're usually top ten. Yeah, yeah. You're, they're usually top ten at that point. But um, what's the ranking? I don't even know. Fourteenth. Fourteenth. EAP. Solid. Yeah. I think I'll still probably take Kentucky in the game, but because I've watched Kentucky, I just haven't watched Ole Miss, so I can't really fairly judge it. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss it hasn't had an amazing season. They started off a little bit slow um, against Troy. They barely beat Tulsa last week by eight, but they beat the hell out of Georgia Tech on the road. I, the, actually, now that I look at it, I think this game is more of a toss-up than I fir- at first I thought because I, d- I don't think um, Ole Miss is as good as I had thought. But I'm still going to go with Ole Miss. So. It is what it is. I think it's going to be a good ball game at 11 a.m. It'll be a fun one, yeah. You guys see Ole Miss helmets? I don't know if they're wearing them for this game, but they're like they're a, re- a real tree, which is like the hunting brand. They're like yeah, they're cool, pa- pretty cool white and powder blue helmets. So yeah, I was trying to figure out the design of them. I couldn't really. They, like, just, they just look like a like a sky that has clouds in it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool looking. Yeah, I want to get into this game, guys. I think you're gonna like this one, or maybe you don't like this one. It's another 11 a.m. game. It happens at. Um, on ABC down there in Fort Worth. I think you guys, um, you guys know that this is a big game. Um, first time Brent Venables has, uh, you know, coached a team after a loss. Um, I don't think TCU is too great, but I think they're formidable for sure. I think they're a very solid team. Um, first time that OU's faced uh, adversity kind of under, uh, under Brent Venables. I, I love the Big 12 this year, man. It's so open. It's such a fun conference. And this is another one of those games, like last week I said with Texas Tech and Texas was, there's a really steaming hot plate in front of me and the waiter just told me not to touch the plate, but I want to touch the plate just to see how hot it is. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to take the temperature of this game and before I choose who I think is going to win it, because I think this is a, a huge game for both teams. What's the opening lineup for that game? It opened at three minus three and a half for OU, which yeah. I would have hammered, but it quickly moved to like five and a half or six and a half. It's six and a half now. And the over uh, the, and the over under is 68 and a half. I think those are yeah. both pretty solid numbers to put to put to bet on OU offense. So you could bet the over and OU, but I'm I could be wrong too. If they would have put OU minus three and a half, I would have hammered that. Yeah, I would have put my maybe two hundred dollars on that. But um, I didn't. I I I just really believe that Kansas State is OU's prep tonight. I just really believe that Kansas State they just turned into the number one team in the country when they play us. But yeah, I just. We haven't lost TCU since 2014 when we had Trevor Knight at quarterback. So I just I just don't see them beating us. I think we'll win pretty handedly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I just don't see one for how Britt Vittables has acted throughout like his time at OU already. I guarantee this was not going to be a fun week of practice. Um for the OU players, and they're going to be real pissed and angry. And hopefully a defense looks better, man. That was atrocious. Adrian Martinez was walking down the candy aisle um, facing that defense. There are just holes that I could see from nearly the top row of the stadium. Um, but, I mean, literally anytime Adrian Martinez tucked the ball, I go, oh, fuck, here we go again. And – it just didn't didn't work out, but I don't think TCU. I don't think Max Duggan won as nearly as good as Adrian Martinez. Um, but we'll see. I'm, it makes me a little nervous with the running quarterback now. Um, yeah, that I, makes me real nervous. It's interesting you brought that up. I do want to talk about that. It is a really bad year to be to struggle at defending a quarterback run in the Big Twelve because you've got 
was Donovan Smith, Spencer Sanders, Jalen Daniels. Uh, I mean, gosh, Max Duggan is certainly a good runner. Um, JT Daniels, not really a runner. Hunter Decker is not really a runner, but you, you already mentioned Adrian, Adrian Martinez. Uh, there's a lot of good runners at quarterback in the Big 12, and Max Duggan is another one of them. It's kind of the same style as Adrian Martinez. So they're going to get a chance to kind of right the wrongs they had last week because uh, TCU's there's a similar offense as well. Um, a lot of zone zone running scheme, get it out quick uh, of the quarterback's hands, and then the quarterback's going to run and scramble as well. I think it comes down to, 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 to the quarterback matchup, and I think Dylan Gabriel's a little more consistent, so I'd probably take OU this game. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's a big game for both teams, certainly. Well, I think that I think the difference in this game from last week is that case I think K State's like offensive line and defensive line are miles better than TCU's. You know, that's basically yeah. what won the game for K State. They were able to dominate both sides of the ball in the trenches, so and just unfortunate, but I don't think TCU will be able to do the same thing. And that's fair. I I, I get where you're coming from on that point and, and Kansas State they have a really, really good defensive end, and they have an incredible right guard. I think it's left guard, actually. It'll be first, second round pick, so you don't have to deal with that on TCU side of things. Quentin Johnson scares me just a little bit, though. That's a good point. They do have a really good DB and a really good wide receiver, him and, and Hodges Tomlinson. That's actually, I think he's Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew, maybe. Um, but yeah, so TCU replaces. Um, kind of makes up for what they don't have on the line with their skill talent. That'd be a really fun game, man. I wish it wasn't 11 a.m., man. That's the thing. There's something um, about OU playing 11 a.m. games, man. It just – I feel like that is literally the only thing we play besides, like, two every year. It's real frustrating. Yeah, well, we, already got, we already got two straight weeks 11 a.m. because OU Texas is 11 a.m. as well. Well, wasn't uh, – wasn't – was it uh, Kent State at night and Kansas State at night? Yeah. Please get please Nebraska get, eleven a.m. though. That makes sense. Yeah, well, that one is just big noon kickoff. That's the thing about Fox and the Big Ten now. It sucks. This is actually our first eleven a.m. kickoff of the year, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. No second. No, I think UTEP was at two thirty. No Nebraska though. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, oh well, though. No, no, it's a spring game. Should be a decent atmosphere there in in, in Amon G. Carter. I mean, both teams. Um, have winning records, but TCU is undefeated, so there should be a pretty good game. Hey, hot take. I think that I think that stadium is going to be split down the middle 50-50 with OU fans and TCU fans because there's a lot of OU fans in Dallas. It could be, but since it's a home opener, I think that's TCU. The way TCU has done it in the past is they've restricted a lot of away tickets. They did that with Texas Tech where they won't let people buy single-game tickets to it that are not TCU alums or students. Mm, it's been right kind of hard there. to do that, yeah. I'm sure I mean, it's smart, but I'm angry about it. And there's probably a lot. Of, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of OU fans there. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. OU travels pretty well. So, but okay. Um, we'll get one more game in here before we, we have to take a little break. Um, uh, I think this is this is an interesting game. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's not that interesting. But the way Minnesota beat the shit out of Michigan State last week was very impressive. I went back and watched it. it was, the final score was 34 to 7. And it might as well have been 70 to nothing. I mean, it was 34 nothing. They put in the backups. I mean, Minnesota manhandled Michigan State. And I know Michigan State's not great now. But a lot of the reason we think they're not great is because Minnesota played really, really well. Mo Ibrahim is very good. Tanner Morgan has been there 100 years. Um, they just are a good, good team. Their defense is incredible. So they played Purdue this week. Purdue poses a real big problem um, with, with their passing game. 
I think it's going to be oddly close, but I expect Minnesota to win. Um, did you guys know that Minnesota, the state of Minnesota, has 10,000 lakes? 10,000? 10, 10,000 lakes. How is, that, how is that even possible? Hey, I don't know. Hey, um, we have a we have a guest speaker that could talk about those 10 lake, 10,000 lakes. Should we bring him on? Harold? No, Andrew, come here. Come here. You've been to Minnesota. Hey, tell the people about what you think about the 10,000 lakes in Minnesota, man. There's probably only about 5,000. <laughs> it's close enough. You got you got your facts wrong, Jacob. Sorry. Yeah. Says Andrew's ten, spoken. Says there's 10,000 lakes on the quarter. The Minnesota I don't know. Quarter. He's been there, man. Yeah, there's not 10,000 lakes. Not you don't hear first hand. There's 5,000. There's 5,000. All right. Well, Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Minnesota just lost. They just lost 5,000 lakes, and they're down to 5,000. That's a tough break. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to have to beat Purdue first. How, how does that affect that. LeBron's legacy? That's the question. LeBron's a fraud. Just a mid from Akron. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy that they have 10,000 lakes, but they'll never face a hurricane, even with that much water. Too cold. Yeah. You guys got any thoughts about this actual game, though? Um, I just think Tuck is no longer coming. He is celibate. Um, he just <laughs> – I that was so frustrating how much hype that guy got and just sucked. Or at least the team just sucks. I don't know if he sucks. I can't really tell yet. But I, I, I have a horrible, horrible feeling this might be a Scott Frost situation with Mel Tucker. I really do. Oh boy, a horrific feeling. Because I want to see him. I want to see him coming, but I don't know about that. See, uh, I think it's a lot like Brady Hoke at Michigan had one incredible year with other people's recruits. And well, I got some more other people's recruits because Kenneth Walker was a transfer, but a bunch of good players that he had for one or two years and that maybe he's not a great at choosing who he wants in his program and kind of coaching them up. I, I don't know. They, they are really bad right now, man. And figuring that out is, is, is going to be a quite a task. It doesn't get any easier, you know, just got to get harder. Yeah. Uh, but Going back to the Gophers, I think they're the team to beat in the Big Ten West. Oh, certainly. They 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 you can really, really prove that this week with a win over Purdue, which I expect them to do. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think Minnesota's pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. I think PJ Fleck is a really good coach. Um, he's kind of seems like a bad uh, uh, person that you wouldn't want to get a beer with, but he's a good football coach, so that'd matter. Very bald. Very bald. It's a bald place. It's a bald place. Him and Tanner Morgan don't like hair. That's actually a good point. Karen Morgan looks oddly like his head coach. If there were any head coaches that like, or any players that looked as much like their head coach, I think it's those two. Like they look alike the most of any head coach and quarterback. No, Nick Saban and Bryce Young. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. I think you're actually. Yeah. All right. All right, we are back at it. Let's um, let's talk here about Texas Tech, Kansas State, two teams that had big wins, big wins last week over Oklahoma and Texas. They play each other in Manhattan this week. I think Kansas is the bet, the bet, the best bet here. I think I'd take them and the points. Um, but every time purple and red are on the same field, I just get to, I start to get so angry 
about how bad of a color scheme they are together. Like purple and red are just disgusting to me together. So I, I really hope somebody wears like all white or something because good lord, let's just not it's like that TCU TCU jersey, but oh, like it's, the red. It's disgusting. Quite gross. Well, no, Texas Tech's gonna win this game simply because of the fact they're not playing OU. In case he's not playing OU, Adrian Martinez will probably throw three interceptions. He'll be back to form. Red Raiders. I don't know, man. I, I watched last week. I thought that Adrian Martinez was kind of a timid quarterback the first three weeks, and they uh, they watched, they said on the broadcast of the Kansas State game, the Kansas State OU game, uh, Kleiman told him he's got to be more aggressive, like he's got to try and take chances, and he kind of did last week, and he looked really good doing it. So I, I think they've turned a corner, whereas Texas Tech kind of – I don't want to say they got lucky, but they kind of finagled their way to a win. Nah, Red Raiders – all right, fair enough. How about the Raiders? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a good – it's a big game. I mean, every game in the Big 12 right now is very open, so uh, every game seems to be pretty big. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, uh, one of our loyal Twitter followers, Patrick Crabtree, wouldn't like what you're saying right now about the Raiders. <laughs> hey, he is throwing a fit right now, Jake. <laughs> No, he's going to have to understand that the Red Raiders are just not going to go 75% on fourth down again. That's just not going to happen. Hey, we don't know that, man. Hey, well, but K-State lost to Tulane. They can lose to anyone. Yeah, but that was a fluky deal, man. I think I think it was more fluky that they beat OU, honestly. No, it's not fluky. It's meant to be. I don't know. It just happens. You know, you know why we're going to SEC? We're running from K-State. That's why. I'm, I'm even scared to admit it. Not play those fuckers ever again. That's fair. I'm going to be terrified in 20 years when there's a non-conference versus K-State first week, and I'm I'm going to be shitting my pants. So I swear, if OU just has the best season of their life, one they're the one seed in the playoff, and then K-State pulls off an upset in the in the 12 team playoff, and we play them. That's bet money like K-State in that game. Yeah. It's fair, man. It's been a tough one. Uh, I just, I hate them so much. Move on. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk I about hope... – Hold on. I, I One last thing about K-State. I hope Deuce Vaughn's little short, dumbass <laughs> trips and falls down some rocks. I'm not going to clarify how big those rocks are, but I see an image in my head, and it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> The old LaVisca Sinault Sr. Oh, yeah. Oh. What's, what's, what's the draft day story going to be this year? His oh. father walked over 14 crawling dead bodies, crawled over 14 dead bodies to get to school when he was younger. <laughs> yeah, it, really shaped, it really shaped his younger son. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, the story of the draft is going to be how Bryce Young was doubted his whole life when he was the number right. one recruit, the number one, the, the highest man, you know. He's been a five star since his freshman year in yeah. high school. Yeah, made it out the mud. <laughs> yeah. Now here's a guy that has made it out of the mud, Nick Saban. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick Saban. That's a perfect segue because I want to talk about this guy. I absolutely hate Nick Saban. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I could talk about it all day. He's the fucking worst. And as a country, guys, it's time to put our foot down on the state of Alabama. It's time. I'm going to give a pump-up speech here for the Arkansas Razorbacks. <laughs> brutal week last week. Absolutely brutal. You guys were the better team. K.J. Jefferson was a better quarterback. 
Sam Pittman was the better coach. Found a way to lose. That's what that's, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. In Jerry World, anything can happen. My team's done it. Everybody's team's done it. We can lose by inches. We lose by yards. We can lose by 100 points. It's a loss. doesn't matter. But this is our week, Hogs fans. This is our week. I can feel it today. I can feel it tomorrow. And I damn sure better feel it on Saturday at 2.30 there in Fayetteville. I need that place rocking. I need that place I need, I need that place swaying from the, from the noise. I, we got to put our foot down on Alabama as a country. It's time. It's time. Let's put them down. Euthanize Alabama as a country. It's a shit state. It's a horrible state. They've had the best football team in the country for however long, and they do not deserve it anymore. They do not deserve it anymore. I want Sam Pittman to be sweaty as hell, gross and fat, and and just having the time of his life, you know, when he shakes Nick Saban's hand at the 50-yard line, and I want him to have a W in his hand. It's Dick, time I, need you to, I need you to call the hogs for me real quick. I will not be calling the hogs. I hate that damn chant. I will not be calling the hogs. I'll just say this much. Alabama is not a good state. They do not have cool fans. They do not have anything. Nothing is cool about Alabama except for the people that come from different states to go to the University of Alabama. So let's figure it out. And as a country, let's step on them like they're a bug, right? Let's figure it out. Nick Saban, he's done. This is it. Arkansas is pulling their upset and Alabama's dynasty is over. Calling it this weekend. Hey, don't say there's nothing good now, Alabama. They have that little tunnel in Mobile that you go through when you're going to Florida. They do. I don't give a rat's ass, Paul. (laughs) It's a cool cool little tunnel. It's a cool tunnel, man. Give her some respect to the tunnel. All right. Okay. I got a cool tunnel and a bunch of (laughs) shit. And I'm tired of hearing about Alabama. I'm tired of them being good. Come on, hogs. I don't like the hogs. I'm pulling for the hogs this week, and I need them. I need them. You get bad on them? I will not be betting on the Hawks. <laughs> I, I do want them to win so badly. Oh, I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, they win, should we all dress up as Razorbacks? For the if 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 Arkansas wins, oh man, I don't want to do that. Actually, don't say it. Say it. If, say if, it. If Arkansas wins, I will wear a pig nose the rest of the year on these Zoom calls. <laughs> all right. Jake, I got a better one for you. If if Arkansas wins, you got to give us the best pig call or hog call. Apologies, Arkansas fans, that you can possibly give us, and we'll throw it on Twitter. Oh, I'll give a go. I'll give a good hog call if they win. A thousand. Oh, yeah. You know that? Have you seen the video of that competition in Arkansas? Hell, I'll go oh, live man. on it. I'll go live on Instagram and do some hog calls if they win. <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey. Patrick Crabtree would love that. No, he's he's tech. He's tech guy. I'm dumb. Wild, he might, Bill. He might still like it. Yeah, Wild Bill loves us. I, I, let me just tell you this much. Wild Bill, I need you there in Fayetteville making some absolute hectic noise. I need some hell on ears on Nick Saban because I cannot have Alabama continue to win this much. It's a shit state. I don't understand why we have to act like Alabama is the best. They're only the best because they have Nick Saban. Like, Alabama has done literally nothing for Nick Saban. Nick Saban has done everything for them. Like, I, I think we can call Alabama the best. I think we kind of have to. But it's because of Nick Saban, right? Uh, yeah. And, and Derrick Henry. And they're, Derek they're the best. Henry. They're the best, but I'm fucking tired of it, all right? Yeah, I hate them. Yeah. But Quite dumb. A, the only reason, the only way we can take them down is as a country. Like, right, we, one team beating them isn't going to stop them. We got to consistently beat them. When, when you got them down, Texas, I'm talking to you. Auburn, I'm talking to you. When you got them down, you got to step on them. 
I need that from I need that killer instinct this week from the Hogs. Gotta have it. Hey, is this the, is this the year Ole Miss does it again? To Alabama? Yeah. No, they don't have the defense. Remember when they had Bo Wallace? I loved Bo Wallace like a son when he won that game. Oh, same. I hate Alabama. <laughs> I hope I hope we get a uh, I hope we get a Scam Newton jersey on on old oh, old Bear Bryant. RB up there could be rolling in his grave. You know, a lot of people have compared KJ Jefferson to Cam Newton. Let's hey. put a, let's put a KJ Jefferson jersey on Paul Bear Bryant statue. That's what I'm oh, saying. Is there anything that can be poisoned in Arkansas that we need to be concerned about? They might. Harvey well, Uptek might come up, come from the grave and shoot a Razorback on his Instagram live <laughs> if it happens. Oh, man. The sad thing is, is that's actually not, like, really that crazy. Now, him coming to back to life is, you know, that would be unexpected. But him shooting someone on Instagram live is part of the course on Alabama. What about, what about his daughter, Alabama? Uh, let me just tell you, Hogs fans, if you see Alabama, run. <laughs> <laughs> run she might poison you yeah and she i mean if she looks anything like her father just run anyway <laughs> yeah good lord uh, i don't want to shit on alabama she could be a very nice lady uh her dad not so much <laughs> <laughs> you guys got any other thoughts on arkansas alabama it might be the biggest game in fayetteville in quite a long time so it's exciting i think it would have been a huge game if they could have got that field goal to go fucking inch to the left um, last week against AM, but oh well it is what it is and it's still a big game i just i i have just i would love that to happen i just have the sinking feeling in the back of my head that alabama is going to win every game that they play and i just i it won't it won't wiggle itself out they've just dug deep in there and i feel like in 20 years if alabama still if they suck in 20 years and i see someone play them i'm like oh I mean, it's Alabama. Who knows? But who knows? Hey, Kansas Jayhawks are the next Alabama Crimson Tide. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lance Leipold's going to be gone by the end of this year. Drew, Drew just hates Kansas. Lance Leipold might get a statue built after this year alone. Mm. They're going to be booing him when he comes to be the OU's next defensive coordinator. Oh, my God, Drew. <laughs> He's a head coach. <laughs> I'll be electric. Uh, I do want to note this uh, earlier in the season, but actually, I think it was before the season started. We had an Arkansas fan comment that Bryce Young hasn't shown him much. This is a game, Art Bryce Young. If you need any motivation, <laughs> there you go. There's someone doubting you again, Bryce. Watch out. Yeah, Bryce Young has been doubted his whole life, and it's just been that one single Arkansas fan that's been doubting him. <laughs> been screaming at him his entire life following him to his Y ball games just yeah. crucifying him you were not him you were not him he's just driving by him when he's walking to class rolls down his window and you're not him <laughs> you suck Bryce should have done that to Trajan Bridges a couple years ago I'm going to be careful what I say about him because he might come rob me at gunpoint <laughs> that's very true <laughs> Oh boy, Trey, yeah, Trajan Bridges and Harvey Updike, you get them in a ball game together. Even possibilities are fucking endless. <laughs> yeah. Okay, makes... see, this is what we need. We need um Harvey Updike to have a bag of weed, and then we need Trajan Bridges to wear a Auburn jersey, and it'll be 
the fight of the century. Oh, oh a scam God. Newton jersey. A scam Newton jersey. <laughs> that would be absolute gold on the street beefs. <laughs> Harvey Updike's just waving a bag of weed in his face. He's in it the whole time. He <laughs> all he has to do to watch, all he has to watch to get pissed off is just Paul Feinbaum talking. <laughs> Before that, like he goes to the corner and they're like showing him a, a video of somebody shitting on Alabama, and he's all right. I'm back. I'm, I'm back. That's just smelling salts. Poisons himself before on accident. I like how he went in the Paul Feinbaum show and he just made a made up a completely random name, just so he didn't sound, just so he didn't like rightfully admit to a crime, even though people figured <laughs> out that it was him. Wait, what? I didn't know that he. What was his fake name? Uh, I'd have to look. But he well, he didn't say his name was Harvey when he called in. That is hilarious. Oh man. Okay, I want to talk about the snooze fest that is the Big Ten this week. Um, Northwestern plays Penn State. Ohio State plays Rutgers. Like, like the, these are games that just no one is going to like. Th- these are games that are not in question from the, even now. I know who's going to win both these games. Northwestern and Rutgers both having to play football uh, against good teams in the same week it just seems unfair. Like, let's just let these two teams have a week off and go to Cancun. They need it. I think the entire state of New Jersey needs it. I mean, like, why do they even play these games? Those are two teams that have no chance. None. Yeah, it's kind of shocking they're still in the Big Ten. I'm going to be completely honest. Who are we talking about? Northwestern. Northwestern. Northwestern plays Penn State and Ohio State plays Rutgers. It's going to be two pantsings. That's what yeah. it's going to be. What do, you, what do you think, like, the, the winning margin combined for Penn State and Ohio State will be? 100. <laughs> you say 100? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say 101. So over under is 101. Yeah. I'm going to, well, since you guys did that, I'm going to take 99. Well, that oh, really Dick. sucks. That really sucks for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they win by 100, if they combine to win by 100 points, I mean, my goodness, that'd be incredible. Jake, I'll get a boob job. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um, let's talk about this, though. Wake Forest FSU is a big game for both teams. Both teams are ranked. Kind of kind of a tough week um, for Wake Forest, although they played really, really well. They still lost to Clemson. This is a weird spot, I think, because they, they had a big game and then they have another big game right after it, and this one's on the road. I kind of love the Deacons, the Demon Deacons on this one. What's the, what's, the, what's the line? I think it's pretty close. I want to say Florida State is favored. Oh, boy. I'm taking the Demon Deacons. Well, the other thing about the Demon Deacons of this game is that Jordan Travis has been a little bit hurt. Sam Hartman seems to be pretty uh, healthy. So, seven points. Florida State minus seven? Yep. Really? I might bet on that right now. Yeah, I think Wake Forest is a better team anyway. I do, too. It's at at Florida State. That's the only thing. Sam Hartman – Sam Hartman already has played what two games, three games? How many games? He's thrown like nine touchdowns, right? Yeah, Sam Hartman's awesome. He's thrown thirteen touchdowns. Jake, I'm real upset you didn't have Sam Hartman as him of him as him of the week. Okay, he's played three games, so maybe I'm wrong. But thirteen touchdowns in three games is incredible. Is he is he sneaking his his way up on the boards of like top ten in the NFL draft? Tom, they lost though. I don't care. He was still him during yeah. the game. I mean, you're right. But Will Rogers threw for six touchdowns. Hey, so did Sam Hartman. 
Did he throw for six? No, he didn't. He did. He threw for he six. Might been, he might have been combined for six touchdowns, but I think he had six. Damn, he did throw for six touchdowns. Wow. Disrespectful. That's why I commented it. They lost, though. That's the thing. I would have put him as him if they won. That's okay. Uh, who's a one three right now in the NFL? Like a good. Who's a who's a team? Uh, the Raiders. Raiders are getting Sam Hartman this offseason. How are the Raiders three, zero and three? Because they have two one player really. That's even worth anything. Dude, they have a lot of good players. Yeah, but there's a couple heartbreaking losses. Oh yeah, I do take that back. They got a few. So let's go through a couple more of these games, and then we'll get our picks in and our combined parlay. Our parlay last week was really really good. Just lost. Did it hit? Did it hit? No, nope, didn't didn't hit. But it was close. <laughs> two of the three. We're still waiting. Yeah. Yeah, if you follow these, if you follow these picks, you've had nothing but but L's. Sadness. All right, Texas A&M and Mississippi State. I think this is one of these games. I, I just know it's going to be insanely close. Um, I'm going to have to mute this game though because it's at Mississippi State, so all those cowbells are going to be insane there in three o'clock. Um, but it'd be a pretty big game for both teams. I don't think either of these teams is incredible, but I think they're both bowl game teams. Um, I, I want to go ahead and, and just say this though: if 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 Texas A&M can control the line of scrimmage in this game. I just don't see a way Mississippi State can win. And Texas A&M has controlled the line of scrimmage the last two games, and that's kind of where they've won the game. They haven't had a great offense, haven't had a great defense, but they've had a good enough up front that's kind of made it um, easier to run the ball and, easy, and impossible to run against. Um, I'll take I've – t- I've been the only person that's took in Texas A&M the past two weeks – but this week's different. I'm going. I'm going Mississippi State. Not so fast. Not so fast. Mississippi State Bulldogs. I I'm taking a now. I'd say it. I am. I Will Rogers is good. Um, I don't trust an air raid system. I don't. They can score a lot of points, but you take away that, you take away the deep ball and that, and it's it's pretty much wraps. So we'll see. Um, I mean, I A&M could win or lose pretty much to anyone in the country. I'm convinced of it. Um, but And I think Mississippi State can beat them, but I don't think they're going to. I think A&M's just – they got to hit their stride eventually, right? And I think that last win over Arkansas is going to at least shoot some testosterone in them and get them going. But we'll see. Realistically, I think AM they won the last two weeks. They didn't look pretty doing it, but they both are wins, and you got to commend them for that. This isn't an easy game, but I don't think this Mississippi State team has the juice if AM plays well up front. And I, I, I could be wrong, but Mississippi State's more of a managed things up front where we don't want to let blitzers get in because we're going to drop back and pass so often. So we're kind of just managing it up front. AM is actually really talented on the defensive line. It sucks. I don't really like AM, but that's just the truth. And uh, yeah, so I, I can see it going either way. You take, stick, it's hot. You take Will Rogers out of the equation, and it is an easy game. If that's the unfortunate part, right? That's can, the problem with the air raid. If you can get to the quarterback in an air raid, it's it's over. Yeah. Was and it? if you and if you can man up with receivers, and they've been able to do that so far. I think uh I think if you take this betting strategy with AM, you'll make you'll make some money. You you bet against them whenever they're the favorites. And when they're, whenever they're underdogs, you bet for them, unless they play like Alabama. 
Yeah, I think if you've got every game $100 on that, you'd probably make about 600 Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I, I mean, yeah. Oh, you are, you would have made $600 just off the whatever it's called, uh, the Appalachian State game alone. Yeah, that's actually a good point. If you bet money line. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about Georgia-Missouri. It doesn't matter at all. It's not a bad – it's not a game that's going to matter. Um, but this is – I mean, Georgia is like fighting – Georgia's playing Missouri. It's like fighting a little midget when you're six foot two, six <laughs> foot three. It's just not cool, man. And I'm going to go ahead and give this my boob job stamp of the week. This is my boob job game of the week. If Missouri wins this one, I will legitimately get a boob job. There is no fucking chance Missouri wins this game. Missouri, again, this is just like a classic high school game. Uh, you just got that one high school. It's just way better than that high school. And, and it's like Allen versus Coffeyville. Say so Coffeyville could play the best game they've ever played. And Allen could play like absolute dog shit. Everybody on their team could pull a hamstring and Allen would still win. It's <laughs> a fair point. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia, huge. I think, I think Georgia figures it out this week. I think a lot of people are talking like, um, you know, hey, they struggled a little bit against Kent State, and I'm sure that their locker room is hearing that noise, so they're going to come out and beat the absolute piss out of Missouri. So that's not going to be fun to be a Tiger in Columbia this week, I don't think. All right, this is one of the biggest games of the week, and it's another ACC game. We talked about Wake Forest and Florida State, but this one's huge. This is the game of the year, maybe, in the ACC. NC State and Clemson, my favorite game of the week. I'm going to get ahead of it, though, and just go ahead and pick the Tigers. I think they're going to win them the blowout. What do you guys think? I got NC State. I'm still not I'm still not convinced about Clemson. Why is yeah, that? Although, I mean, I don't know why. BJU has been looking a lot, a lot, lot better than he has in the past. But uh, I just think NC State's their Kansas State. Yeah, kind of. That's actually a good comparison. Um, I think Clemson's gonna win it. I just, I think, Cle- I think DJ hit his stride last game, especially. He looks like a completely different player from week one. Um, and I don't think that's gonna go away anytime soon until probably the ACC championship. Um, but I, I just think Clemson's just way more talented. They should, they should dominate this game. Uh, I want to give NC State their due. They played well and. Kind of figured it out since their first week against East Carolina. Defense has looked good. Um, but the thing I think about this game is Clemson. Their defense is too good of a unit to have two bad weeks in a row. Uh, they did not play well against Wake Forest. And I think they're going to figure it out this week. Because just they have so many dudes on the defense, so many good players. And the offense seemed to figure it out last week. So if they can kind of roll into this week with the offense playing good and the and the defense bouncing back, I think it's a really bad spot for NC State to play them in. That's just kind of how I feel about it. I think NC State on, 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 a, on a normal week in a neutral site might have a good chance, but I think this is a bad week to play Clemson. Probably. The Wolfpack's doing it, though. Okay, fair enough. I believe, I, I believe in the Wolfpack. I just think this is a bad time to play at Clemson. Oh, Devin Leary's game plan needs to be pick on number 20 on Clemson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boy. We've talked about him a couple times now, and that's how bad he has been. So that we yeah. noticed noticed that he was that bad. All right. A last game on here I have that we should talk about um, is Baylor and Oklahoma State. First game that for Oklahoma State to really be tested. I'm pumped about it. It's going to be a fun game down there in Waco at 2.30 on Fox. I don't know what to think about it just because I'm obviously I'm an Oklahoma State fan, so it's very hard for me to judge this game. But Baylor is favored. 
Um, Oklahoma State kind of seemed to figure it out on defense, but they also are playing a lot of young guys. So it's, it's a really big time game for both teams. And I think the winner of this, this game really, really pushes themselves into the favorite spot um, in the Big 12. Are we, uh, are we winning our picks right now? No, we'll pick that game here in a second, though. No. Yeah. Um, I, I have no, I have zero idea what to expect of that game, also. Um, because we haven't seen OSU play like a great opponent this year. We all, I mean, we saw Baylor play BYU and it was a really good game. But I think if Baylor had played that game at a neutral side or at home, they would have won. So, um, yeah, I got no clue. I think it's just, I think that game's a toss up. I'm tired of hearing about Baylor. I really am. I, I don't think Baylor is – they're scared to let their own quarterback throw the fucking ball. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know too many successful teams in 2022 that are winning games by just running the ball 24-7. I don't. You got to throw the ball in this modern age of college football. Um, OSU is winning this game handedly. I, I believe that. Their defense is good, but I Spencer Sanders – is probably the best quarterback in the Big 12. Um, I just – I don't see OSU losing this game. I really don't. I, In fact, I just conduct con, cut, concocted a parlay and OSU money line, Baylor is favored. Yeah, and I, is. yeah. I don't understand it one bit. I don't know what is given any, any way in reasoning that OSU is going to lose this game. I, I don't get it. I, my, I just, we haven't, Oklahoma State has not played anybody. And there's a lot of new stuff on the defense, a lot of new players on the defense, um, new defense coordinator, all of that good stuff. They have, they have looked good at times on defense. Um, but I do think that the number one thing that people are forgetting is this, is that Oklahoma State's defensive line is pretty, pretty insane. They bring back everybody. They have the best pass rusher, pass, pass rusher group in the big 12. But also Baylor has an incredibly good offensive line. So it's really good versus really good on that aspect. It's going to be a war up front and Baylor is going to want to run the ball. So I don't think it's any secret. So you kind of know what you got to stop if you're Oklahoma state. Um, if they drop back and do some play action, maybe that's the only way that they can get the ball downfield. And I just don't think they have the speed outside um, to beat our defensive backs. I, I, I like us in this game, but I liked us in this game last year too. So I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself right now. Um, I just think if it comes down to quarterback play, we've got we've, we should win that game. But boy, Spencer has not played well against Baylor in his career. So we'll see. It's a big this game. is going to be the only time you ever hear me say this, Jake. Go Pokes! Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the the bump there, Tom. Hopefully, uh, the, the team plays well now that Tom has given them their. I, they fucking bet. I you know what, Brendan Presley. I've had to play against in football in high school my entire life. And I, I hope he finally shows everyone that what I felt during those times. Well, I hope he, it happens. He's been really good. I mean, he played really well last year at times. He just, it, Tay Martin was our main receiver by such a, yeah, big, let's see, let's grade. see, let's see him get a, a nice little two hundo. I'd love to see it. Boy, if, if he has 200 yards, there's no chance we can lose that game. None. Exactly. See, it's exactly what I'm saying. You let None. him, you let him just go run around the field for a little bit. And he'll be good to go. Well, you're going to hear it in our interview up here. We have Colby Powell on, so we get more into this game um, in the future on this pod. So it's, it's a really good interview. But 
Uh, Jaden Bray is the biggest X factor to me. He hasn't played a down this season, but he was really good against Baylor last year in stretching their defense. So um, we need him to, to show up. And I, I, he was, God, dude, he was, he was my ch- choice for kind of the receiver that will take Tay Martin's spot and he's been unhealthy. So it'll be big to get him back, but let's pick these games, man. Uh, I've got five games on here. Um, like we always do. Um, the first one on here I have is could go either way, in my opinion. Um, now that I've kind of really done done some more digging on it, but Kentucky and Ole Miss is the first game we're picking it straight up. Uh, Drew, you want to pick first? No, I got Kentucky. No explanation. I also have Kentucky. No explanation. I'm gonna pick Ole Miss. I'm just gonna pick Ole Miss. I don't know. I'm sticking with uh, the Rebels. Feels like a Rebel time. We'll still have to have Calvin text us it since he wasn't able to make it. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Okay, the second game I've got on here is NC State and Clemson. Uh, I'm going to go – gosh, you guys go ahead and pick this one so I can decide. So you were going to pick, so I had some time to think about it. I know. I just said that I think NC State's going to win, and I'm sticking with it. Wolfpack. All right, Drew, very confident in the Wolfpack. Going Tigers. Go Tigers. I'm going to go Tigers as well for the sole fact that it, it is an in Death Valley. So there you go. go. Tigers. Third game on here. Uh, I oh boy, this is a one to me that could go anyway, and I don't. I really don't want to pick it. Is uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State when we just talked about? We all got to make picks for it. I really don't want to pick that game, but go ahead, Drew and Tom. All right. I just I assume that you three are going to take Oklahoma State, so I'm taking Baylor. Got to keep my lead in this thing. All right, Drew. Drew goes with Baylor just just to keep uh, keep the lead. I respect I, it. I, you know, that's that's fair. I. Oh man, I hate this. I just said go pokes, and we're still going. We're shooting the guns. Go All right. pokes. Tom we're hunting picks, bears tonight. Tom picks Oklahoma State, and uh, I'm gonna. I, abs- I hate that. I'm just gonna. I hate that I just did that. I'm just, I'm just going to abstain from picking this game. I'm not picking this game. No, no, no you got you to gotta <laughs> pick. You got to pick. Oh, God, dude, I don't want to pick this game at all. Oh, you just pick with your heart. You know you're going to pick OSU, so you can at least root for them. Well, you're going to root for them anyway, but just pick them. Jake, uh, let's, I, I'm joining the dark side this one time. Join me. Oh, I'm not I'm not ever going to not cheer for Oklahoma State. I, don't wanna, I, hate, I hate betting on OSU. I hate picking OSU. I hate doing that. So, but well, I'll pick up. I just two. did both in the matter of ten minutes. So, yeah. well, that's fair. But Tom, I'll pick you, you coward. I'm picking OSU. I'm picking them. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> I never like it. All right, next game, fourth game on here. I think that we might all have the same pick if we're actually picking it. But I'm, I, oh man, this one's tough. Arkansas and Alabama down in Fayetteville, two thirty, CBS. Brad Nessler's on the call. Are the Hogs on the call? Now, um, Nick Saban and his twin, Bryce Young, are winning that game. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, we're going, we're going Bama. Oh, I could be an absolute idiot here. Oh, boy. I really want to pick no, dogs. He's doing it. He's doing it. Do I've it. got every, every cell in my body, in my, in my brain, or every cell in my body wants to pick the hogs, but every cell in my brain is telling me hey. Alabama. Jake, so I'm picking think- Alabama. Oh, just think how you're going to be in bottom place after that pick. I mean, I'm only one game behind Drew. I'm, I'm, I'm inching. Hey, yeah, me and you are tied, man. 
Actually, no, go ahead. Pick Arkansas, please. Yeah, I'm picking uh, Arkansas. Fuck it. I'm picking Arkansas. Give me the Hawks. Hey, the Hawk fans are going to love that on Twitter. I know. They better because I'm picking them. Oh, I hope they hate me after. All right. Last game we're picking is uh, is a game close to the, close to home for you guys, Oklahoma and TCU. That's the last game we're picking. It's the fifth and final one. You already know where my choice is. Boomer. Yeah, All right. what you said. Oh, boy. I, I'm going to go with OU, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, so we all we all clean it out with OU. We'll finish it with a clean sweep there. Um, yeah. So that's that's our pod. Watch week five. Um, hey, we still got to do the parlay, parlay, man. Oh boy. All right, let's do it. Let's do it real quick. Real real quick. All right, I got. Forgot. Let me just do mine real quick. I, I already got my pick. Okay. Wake, Wake Forest plus seven. Oh boy. Okay. Wake Forest plus seven. Yeah. I'm going to do Michigan minus 11 versus the Cockeyes. Okay. Michigan minus 11. Oh, and then I've got an absolute pantsing. I'm going Georgia minus 28. I don't think there's any way in the world Missouri stays within that number. Yeah, that's true. So that's our parley. I think it's a winner, guys. I like that one. I I said that every time. So, all right. That's our pod. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at 3 Man Rush FB. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your dog, tell your aunt, do it all. Tell your mom I said hi. Yeah, tell your mom what we said hi. Let her know. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Um, we'll, We'll get out of here. Have a good week watching the football games. So we'd like to welcome in Colby Powell. Uh, he's on Pistols Firing Podcast, covers Oklahoma State, uh, does a great job, uh, not only football, but lots of di- lots of different sports on Oklahoma State athletics, but um, also covers, you know, kind of talks about the Big 12 as well. You can find him on Twitter uh, at Colby, pa- Colby J. Powell on Twitter, and that's uh, Colby with a C and then a J in the middle and then P-O-W-E-L-L. Um, also listen to the Pistols Firing Podcast if you're an OSU fan, Big 12 fan, and you can get some some good takes there on the Big 10 this year as well. Um, but to start off, Colby, um, is is there anything that we can we can uh, also kind of uh, plug on our podcast? We know that you do Pistols Firing and, and your Twitter as well. Is there anything else we can kind of introduce? Yeah, no, anybody's just uh, – if you follow me on Twitter, you can keep up with everything I'm doing. Pistols Firing uh, is a big one, obviously. Myself, Carson Cunningham, been doing that for a couple of years. Love covering Oklahoma State football and then, by extension, the Big 12. Uh, and then I, I work with Golf Channel as well, uh, doing some editing on their on their website. Uh, so you can follow everything I do at Colby J. Powell on Twitter. Well, awesome. I think we were going to dive right into it on Baylor and Oklahoma State this, this, uh, this week, upcoming on Saturday at 2.30. Um, so – you know, the defense last year, obviously, Oklahoma State was an incredible best defense. Uh, I think most people would probably say um, that they can remember. I can remember um, for Oklahoma State and maybe in school history. Uh, so early this season, you know, they gave up 44 to Central Michigan. What would you say to the people that have, you know, heavy concerns about this defense so far in the three games they played this year? Yeah, it's tough. It's it's really two games in a scrimmage. Arkansas Pine Bluff, the FCS scheduling, that is what it is in college football. Uh, you just kind of wipe that out. The defense, they had some serious breakdowns, mostly late third quarter and throughout the fourth quarter against Central Michigan. I think what a lot of people don't remember about that game is that Oklahoma State led 51-15 to 15 before they just kind of stopped playing, essentially, on the defensive end. It was it was breakdowns, uh, and it wasn't necessarily all from backups. I mean, they still had a lot of the starters out there. Now, it was some of the younger guys 
Uh, but last year's unit for Oklahoma State defensively, Malcolm Rodriguez, Devin Harper, those guys in the secondary, they had played so much football together. The communication was elite. They knew where they were going to be. They knew when they were going to be there. And Jim Knowles running the show. I mean, we see what he's doing at Ohio State. There just were no breakdowns for Oklahoma State defensively. They, they, they totally tailored their style of play to their defense. They played slow offensively. They ran the ball a lot. They played conservatively and didn't take a lot of chances because their best unit was their defense, and they just got them out of there. Uh, they just got their offense off the field and let their defense go to work. This year, Oklahoma State, through three games, is uh, fifth in the country in plays per minute. So uh, they're getting after it. It's a much different pace. It's a younger, more inexperienced defense i would say expect oklahoma state to have a couple of breakdowns that lead to big plays uh for baylor but don't expect baylor to to just be able to chip away constantly throughout the game it's like it's like 10 minutes of good defense from oklahoma state breakdown big play 10 minutes of good defense breakdown big play is kind of what we've seen uh and i expect some more of that in conference play with oklahoma state hopefully shoring up some of those communication issues on the back end of the defense because the defensive line for oklahoma state uh is still an elite unit they didn't really lose anybody uh up front from from last year's team so those guys are still elite but they can only do so much if teams are quick passing them like central michigan was the guys on the back end have to communicate uh and have to be in sync Okay, so last year, Spencer Sanders had a rough, we'll just say a rough time against Dave Aranda's offense, or defense, sorry. And um, what do you expect from him uh, this Saturday, and what do you expect for him for the rest of the year? Yeah, this is the tough one with Spencer, because last year he was, man, he was so, so good except when he played Baylor. And it was both times. It was the win at home. I think Oklahoma State won maybe 24 to 10, something like that at home. Uh, Spencer threw three picks, and a couple of them just weren't good. He looked rattled. He looked uncomfortable. Uh, airmailed a guy in the middle of the field on a simple crossing route. He just – he really looked – uncomfortable you get to that conference championship game Oklahoma State had just you know one two injuries Jalen Warren was a big one didn't have his uh, running mate there in the backfield and again Dave Aranda in that Baylor defense they had his number he looked uncomfortable he he didn't look like the confident guy that we saw uh, against Oklahoma last year against Notre Dame last year really the second half of the season last year and then in the non-conference this year he's looked like a totally different guy as far as confidence goes uh, Dave Aranda even talked about it in his uh, media availability this week he said that he, he said he looks faster than he did last year and I, I kind of agree he's running the ball uh, at a really high clip as Oklahoma State's kind of rotating three running backs through, keeping all those guys fresh. Uh, Spencer may be the best running back on the team, and we'll see how much they elect to use that in conference play. But I, I am very nervous because I feel like Spencer Sanders is playing at such a high level and is really carrying this offense. And if Dave Aranda and that Baylor defense are able to negate that again, Malcolm Rodriguez, Devin Harper, Christian Holmes, Colby Harvell Peel, those guys aren't walking through that door. So if Spencer Sanders does get Aranda again on Saturday, that spells trouble for Oklahoma State. I, I like to think that he won't because I think he's grown as a quarterback, but I didn't think he would in the, in the Big 12 championship game last year. I didn't think he would at home last year, and it snuck up on him. So uh, hopefully Spencer ha has overcome that and they don't still have his number, uh, but I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't worried about it. So I, I do think that, uh, that one of the things you mentioned in there was uh, earlier was about how much faster Oklahoma State's been playing. And I, I, I want to ask you this is, do you think that how much faster in the, uh, they're playing in the tempo that they're playing at right now in offense, do you think that plays to Spencer Sanders' strengths? 
And uh, would you say that that's maybe helped him improve numbers-wise from last year to this year so far? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I definitely think so. He He's a rhythm guy. I mean, we've seen this at times throughout his career. That they've played slower. They've played faster. just seems like when they're playing faster, he, he gets the rhythm. He's finding guys. He, it's just quick, quick, quick. It, it's less thinking, uh, you know, less just standing back there and being still. It, it's just go, go, go. Oklahoma State is fifth in the country right now uh, in plays per minute. Baylor is 77th in plays per minute. So this is a little bit of contrasting styles between Oklahoma State and Baylor. Uh, Baylor's playing much, much more slowly. They're running uh, about three-fourths of a play less per minute than Oklahoma State is throughout the course of a game. So we, we could be looking at a situation toward the end of the game where Oklahoma State uh, has run more plays, but Baylor has more time of possession because of the styles, the way they're playing. Uh, I also think if Baylor uh, gets behind early and then starts to have starts having to go fast, I think that could lend itself uh, in Oklahoma State's favor because that's not the style that Baylor has been playing through four games this season. And, and I think that we have a better sample size for what Baylor is as a team because we saw them play BYU in what was just a, a tough, grinded-out game. We saw them on the road last week in conference play. All we've seen from Oklahoma State, Central Michigan at home, Arizona State at home, Arkansas Pine Bluff at home. So, yes, Oklahoma State has looked good. I'm, I'm very confident with what I've seen from Oklahoma State, but it's a small sample size against inferior competition. Uh, so, yeah, I, I will be curious to see if Oklahoma State continues to play that fast against Baylor, if Dave Aranda and the Baylor defense allow them to continue to play that fast, because if you're not generating first downs early on drives, you, you just can't play that fast. So I'm curious to see whether that keeps up on the road in conference against one of the better defenses in the Big 12, because that's much, much different football than Central Michigan and Arizona State. All right, so um, our next question is about a returning player. Um, Jaden Bray is coming back this week. I, w- I was wondering do you th- how big of a deal do you think this is? Do you think, like, they'll like, send him straight into the offense? Do you think they're going to try to ease him back into it? And, like, do you think he'll be the X factor for this game? Yeah, no, if he's fully healthy, I do think he will be. He, he was a real bright spot uh, for Oklahoma State as a receiver. There were some concerns at that position behind Brennan Presley coming into the season. You lose Tay Martin. Uh, prior to that, you lost Tyler Wallace. And it's like, who are these guys that are going to keep stepping up? And some guys have done that and looked really good uh, in, in the limited action that we've seen this year. Braden Johnson, John Paul Richardson uh, have done a really good job. Bryson Green has been good at times. But Jane Bray is a talented big receiver and if he's healthy I think that you're going to get uh, a big dose of Jaden Bray on Saturday he just with his size his ability to high point the football he creates matchup problems for defenses especially in the red zone and it it allows uh, Oklahoma State to just have another guy to rotate through at receiver keep guys fresh and what I'm sure is going to be a pretty hot Waco on Saturday afternoon playing at 230 so I'll say this if Jaden Bray is like 80% and they're just trying to work him back in, then I think you might see him take 20 snaps in the game on Saturday. But if he's 100% and they were just holding him out until after the bye and he truly is 100%, I think you're going to see him take, you know, 70% of the offensive snaps somewhere in that neighborhood because I do think he's probably one of their, uh, let's say, three most talented receivers when healthy. So you mentioned the word X factor there, Drew. I, I wanted to go ahead and ask you this as well, just for the rest of the season, not specific to this Baylor game. But who do you think is the X factor on each side of the ball um, this year for Oklahoma State? I think you could go with pretty much anybody on the offensive line. Um, but what, 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 in your opinion, is that is that guy for uh, for Oklahoma State? 
Yeah, on each side of the ball. Let's start defensively, and I'm actually going to go with a true freshman. I'm going to go with Kendall Daniels. Kendall Daniels was a big-time recruit out of the state of Oklahoma uh, for, the, for the Cowboys on defense, and he's starting at safety. He's a big kid physically. He's like six. Five, I think he's listed starting at safety. Uh, he looks the part in the uniform. Uh, I mean, he looks physically different than some of the other guys Oklahoma State has in that secondary, but he's young, and he was a guy in that Central Michigan game that looked confused a couple of times when things were going on on the back end. He also has an interception this year. He, he's got a ton of tackles. He's been around the ball a lot. He's also made some, some mistakes that you expect a true freshman to make, but the back end of the defense is where Oklahoma State's problems uh, came in those first couple of games against their real opponents, not against Pine Bluff. And I'll be curious to see how he grows throughout the season. Can he be the leader that they need in the secondary? Uh, Offensively, for Oklahoma State, I I actually think it's probably your third receiver behind if if you have a healthy Jaden Bray and Brennan Presley. And maybe I'm ranking these guys wrong because Braden Johnson has looked really good in the non-con. This is a guy who only played one game last year, but he is a speedster. I mean, he is fast. You line him up outside. He can run by people. Can he continue to produce at that same level? We've seen receivers become more and more important at every level of football as teams just really air the ball out. You need depth and you need speed. And Braden Johnson gives you both of those things, but we've, we haven't seen him do it consistently at any point in his career at Oklahoma State. He looked really good in the non-conference. I want to see if he can continue to be that guy down the field for Spencer Sanders that forces defenses to play guys over the top against Oklahoma State because what you can't have is teams just starting to load the box because they're not scared anybody can run by them. They need to be afraid of Braden Johnson's speed. He needs to continue producing at the level he has in the non-conference. So I'll go Kendall Daniels on the defensive side, uh, Braden Johnson on the offensive side. Love that answer. Perfect. Okay, so we're, we're going we're to get into kind of the Big 12 as a whole. Um, so out of the contending teams um, – that like oh the OU the Texases who yeah have had a bad weekend but I mean we never know the rest of the season um, who do you see contending in Jerry's world um, and then who of those contenders do you not see making it yeah so. Before the season, I picked the Bedlam rematch. I, I thought we were finally going to get it. Uh, I looked at the odds today, came across my, my Twitter timeline. Five teams in the Big 12 have 6-1 to one odds or better to win this conference right now. OU and Baylor leading the way at plus 325. Half the conference is 6-1 to one or better. And, and within three in terms of odds uh, of each other. So I do think that the Big 12 is going to cannibalize itself. I don't think there's going to be a one-loss team in Jerry's world. I I really think both teams are going to go in with two losses because I think OU, OSU, Baylor, Texas, and Kansas State are all – pretty good football teams, not perfect, not Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, but pretty darn good football teams. Even behind that, I think that there are games uh, on the road in this conference, even at home. Teams are are pesky. We saw Texas Tech upset Texas coming back from a 14-point second-half lead. I don't know what the hell's going on with Kansas. I mean, apparently you're going to have to at least play a decent football game to beat Kansas this year. West Virginia just, just ran Virginia Tech off the field and nearly beat Pitt. I don't think TCU or Iowa State are are very good, but 
I mean, again, these, these teams in this conference can just sneak up on you. So I will stay with my original preseason prediction of OU-OSU in the conference championship game. I'm not there with Texas. I can't buy in. They, they had some injury problems, which is just bad luck for them. Uh, they had a receiver. They had an offensive line. They had a quarterback with Quinn Ewers. We don't know how long he's out. Let's say he misses three more weeks, and they go 2-1 and one there, and then he comes back. They're probably still going to lose a game with him. So then three conference losses, I don't think you're getting there. So I, I don't think that Texas is that team. Uh, I'll be real honest with you. I don't think Kansas State is that team. I think there's this weird phenomenon where every year Kansas State plays great against Oklahoma. Oklahoma plays bad against Kansas State, but it's not indicative of the rest of either of those teams' seasons. We, we've seen it, right? This is, what, four out of five years they've beaten Oklahoma? But Kansas State isn't then going and running the table in the Big 12 Conference, and OU isn't then going and going four and five in Big 12 play. OU's still good. Um, I, I expect them to be one of the teams in competition at the end of the season. Uh, Kansas State lost at home to Tulane and only put up 10 points and then won in Norman the next week. I really I don't know how to make sense of it, but I, I still think we know what we know, right? OU's talented. OU's good. Kansas State doesn't necessarily have the talent to do it over the course of two and a half months in conference play. Uh, so I think at the end of the season, it's still going to be OU, OSU, and Baylor competing to get to Jerry's world. Uh, and I'll stick with my preseason prediction because I don't think we've learned enough about any of these teams for me to bail on that quite yet. So uh, I still think that we finally get the Bedlam rematch that we haven't since the uh, title game was reinstated. I think we'd, uh... I, I think everyone would love to see that. Yeah, I think we'd yes. all be big fans of that. Um, so I have yeah, I, I have one more question for you. Uh, we have more questions after, but just one off the top of my head. I heard you mention a, a team that is near and dear to my heart this year, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, it's just a renaissance of football there right now. Um, and how many how many wins do you see them getting in this year? That's a good question. They're, they're still down the list in terms of teams to compete in the conference. Vegas has them underdogs at home this week against Iowa State. They're three-point underdogs at home. I, I'm I don't know what to make of it. They, they, they can't be good, right? You, Kansas can't improve that much in one offseason. But they already beat West Virginia. I mean, they've already got a win in conference. Uh, the Duke win, that doesn't do a lot for me. That's Duke. The West Virginia win, though, that does something for me. Doing it in overtime, doing it on the road, doing it the way they did it. Uh, their offense can move the ball. They're, they're confident. They've got a little swagger. They sold out the game for this weekend. I, I don't know what to make of Kansas. I, I think that they probably get – We'll call it uh, – I just don't think you can improve that much in one offseason. I think that they beat maybe an Iowa State, TCU. I, I think that they probably only end up with two conference, two more conference wins, so three total since they already beat West Virginia. But that's not a knock against Kansas. This conference, there's no weeks off in this conference. It's good top to bottom. So I'm not knocking Kansas when I say that. A 6-6 six and six season would be incredible for the Jayhawks, considering what they've been for a decade plus now. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go three and six in conference, six and six overall. I find it interesting. Yeah, you hopefully said, they only get five wins. Yeah, you, you said uh, you had Iowa State and TCU. Those are actually their next two games uh, that they might beat. So if they win those two games, they might be six and zero. Oh. So that would be pretty impressive. Um, yeah, there's also a, there's. There's a there's a fun little little deal we got going on uh, with with our podcast mate here, Drew. Um, if Kansas is to get to six wins, uh, he has to get the Jayhawk tattooed right oh. on his butt cheek. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't I know. Made that. 
was going to say, but tattoo uh, rock chalk on the ass cheek isn't what I thought was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I had no belief in them at the beginning of the year. Still don't have much. If you lose that, pay it out. Be a man of your word. It'll make for a great story forever. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'll still get it, but um, I'm praying for five wins. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. Yeah. So, so Colby, we got to ask you. I tweeted, uh, retweeted uh, that uh, what questions we should ask you. The first deal, the first response on there is about the Big Ten. I've heard on the, the Pistols Firing podcast all about the Big Ten this year. I just got to ask you, you know, what makes Big Ten football so appealing and what makes it so good to you? Uh, Okay, so the Big Ten, we've got to break it into tiers, right? Ohio State is its own tier. That is big boy college football. I think Michigan is in tier two, and they are there by themselves. I think that that is above average college football, but they're overrated because they're Michigan and people still think the Big Ten is good. Tier number three, that is everyone else in that conference, and it is a joke. It is an absolute joke. Some of these programs that that people want to pretend – are, are good at this. I mean, these are teams that would be finishing in the bottom third of the Big 12. Nebraska is a laughing stock. Uh, I, I took a shout at him on Twitter Saturday night, called him FCS Nebraska. That's what I view him as. Iowa is, you know, they say time machines haven't been invented. I disagree. Someone came from the past and brought us Iowa football. Time machines have been invented. Iowa football is the proof that that is football from 100 years ago whenever they played with leather hats on top of their heads. It's I mean, Penn State's fine. Wisconsin's fine. They're all just fine. I mean, even Troy Aikman's taking a shot at Indiana football on Monday night. It just it drives me nuts. People a, a thousand miles to our left and a thousand miles to our right want to act like the Big Ten plays good football because Iowa goes out and is up 17-3 to on Rutgers at halftime with no offensive touchdowns. That is bad football. Iowa ranks sixth in this country, uh, this country, this season in defensive efficiency, 130th in offensive efficiency. It's just ugly, ugly football uh, throughout most of that conference. Ohio State and Michigan are the only thing propping it up. Michigan's only been doing that for two years. Iowa State's the only constant in that conference it's just to me it is a clear number three whenever we look at 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 competitive football uh being played across the country all right so um last question we have for you on the pod um it's kind of just a lighthearted question uh we ask everybody who we do interview with uh who is the most famous person you have in your phone who who is the most famous person i have in my phone uh that's a good question Mm, Desmond Mason, maybe, locally here in Oklahoma. Uh, that's that's probably good. one. Um, Taylor Gooch, maybe. Taylor Gooch is pretty famous this summer. He's He's been <laughs> yeah. making some headlines. So uh, probably one of the former Cowboys. Let's go with uh, Desmond Mason or Taylor Gooch. Those are both good answers. Both good answers. Uh, I like both of them. <laughs> maybe, maybe one of these days I'll have uh, a Tiger Woods or somebody in the Rolodex, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> Now, if you do, you got to let us know so that way we can get his number as well. Absolutely, guys. Oh well, we appreciate you, Colby, coming on. Uh, I think I think we uh, we don't have any other questions for you, so we're 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 pumped to watch the game this weekend. Obviously, you can uh, follow uh, Colby on Twitter at Colby J Powell as well, and uh, give Pistols Firing Podcast a listen. Great content as always. So uh, we appreciate you coming on and, and talking pokes with us. Absolutely, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. See you later. See you guys.